We always know. I walked in and I was like, whoa. (laughs) Well, let's pray over Rebecca because it doesn't matter what she's prepared. It only matters what the spirit speaks through her to us. It's his spirit that only can touch our hearts. And so, Lord, we ask for an anointing upon her. God, that everything she speaks would stir us to capacity. That you would bless her and use her and anoint her in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've been tenting. And it's been really fun. Somewhat not, but you know. So when I was out there and I was, my kids were out doing things in the, by the picnic table. I don't know where they were. I was inside the tent and I was sitting and I was just thinking about the Lord and just spending some time with him. And I was thinking about how many times in the Bible does it mention a tent and what did God do in tents? And so, you know, God, so I, so I started praying and prayer writing and just like God started stirring my heart. And so this comes, this word got started and stirred inside of this tent and so I want to open this morning in Revelation 1.8 because I want to know that you firmly believe this. Because it, it hinges, the word hinges into this statement. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and is to come, the Almighty. Do you believe that? That God was... And he is, and he is to come. Hallelujah. I'm glad he's coming. So he's the God that was in your past, right? And he's the God that's in your present, and he's the God that's in your future. That's the same God. So as you read the word of God, that was the past, and, and he's the same God that was in the word as he is right now, and he will always be. And so, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about it being personal. And so, Jeremiah 29, 11 makes it really personal. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. So, if God is the God of your future, and he knows what's coming, and he wants to give you hope... And I was thinking about that, like how if you went back in the past, maybe even all the way back to like the Bible when they dwelled and lived in tents, and you told them that in the future there was going to be really big mansion houses, could they have seen that? Would they have been able to have a comprehension for it? A house that has lights and doors and windows made of glass that you don't have to set up anymore or tear down. Could they have even comprehended that thought? That actually in the walls of that building there would be electricity flowing that you could plug in and you'd have a light and not have to have a candle. Like could they have even seen that? Yet that was the future. And God knew the future. And he was already in the future. And I was thinking about me and I was thinking about what is in the future for us that you can't comprehend. 
if God was to tell you and say, there is going to be flying ships roaming the streets because he's already seen it, could you believe it? I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I mean, the Jetsons gave us that idea, but I'm not really sure. I have not seen it yet. But they're talking about like driving cars and, and like cars that drive themselves. I mean, how completely different was that from having to walk or ride a horse to get somewhere to a vehicle now? Think about the differences. Think about what God knows is ahead. And how, how amazing God has our future to be. It says that he has a good future for you. So when you look ahead, you should be like, I'm excited. What could come? Because one day I knew I was in a car and I was actually talking. Well, Brooke was telling me this story about somebody, I think, the other day that had been in an accident and she didn't have a cell phone then and someone had to help her because there was no cell phones. Now when you're in an accident and you call, you can call a friend right away. Even your car will call the ambulance on you. You know, like, how, like, like, uh, she was in a wreck. You better come and help her because she can't even tell you she was in a wreck. The car will tell the, the people. I'm just saying, like, that is a very different state. The state before, I mean, how many of you lived before a cell phone existed? Just saying, like, there was a, a, there has been future ahead. There are things that you probably don't know that they're creating in, in the world today that you, you couldn't even comprehend it. Like if they said this was going to be, you'd be like, I don't even have the brain capacity to understand what you're saying. I still don't know how a cell phone works. I do not know how FaceTime works. I do not get it. If I look at my phone, it works and I'm seeing it, but I'm like, how is that person way over there, their picture on my phone? It, it's a mystery. But he is the Lord of your future. And, the, and I think one of the most awesome verses in the Bible is Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call to me and I will answer you and I'll tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That means the things in your future, you can ask the Lord and he could show you the things that you don't know, the things you're unaware of. And so if you settle that, that, that in your heart this morning and you look through that lens, like, okay, God knows the future and God is good and he's working things for my benefit. Let's settle into that through the word. Can you look through that lens this morning? So I want to take you through an account in the Bible. And, it, and I was led to Genesis because, you know, that was when Abraham and Sarah, they lived in tents. So I was sitting in my tent thinking about them living in this. Thankful that I only spent four nights in one. That was enough. And I had an air mattress and a sleeping bag and a pillow and if I wanted a fan and I had electricity and they had none of that. And so I was thinking about them. And so in this story, I kind of want to start just like walking the story through with you. Because when Abram, before he got his name changed, he was 75 years old when he left his parents' house. So he, that's when God came to him and said, hey, I want you to go. He was 75 years old. That's pretty old to like... Oh, now we're leaving. 
I'm like, I hope my kids aren't 75 when they leave my house. You know? I'm be like, uh, I don't know about this. So he left. And when, he, when God came to him and he said to go, he also said to him, he said, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. That's in Genesis 12 two. And God spoke things to him that were outside of his frame of reference yet because him, he and Sarah had not conceived and not had any children yet. At the age of 75, I would say they, she was 65 because they were 10 years apart, that there was probably over at that time in their lives. It was probably like, yeah, we're probably not going to have children. We've, we've tried, and we've tried again, and we kept trying, and now it's done. And so at that point, when the Lord spoke and said, I'm going to make you a great nation, it was, it was a thing that they were probably like, wait a second, we don't even have children How is this to be? And what are you going to do? And he was speaking into their future. And he was telling them something that that was outside of what was, but what was needed. Because God needed them to have children. He wanted them to have children. And so the three of them, Lot was the was it with them and I don't know how other how many servants or people went with but it just says that Abram and Sarah and Lot they they left and they went on their way. And a lot of life happened. They went and ended up in Egypt, they went here, they went there, there was disagreements. There was all kinds of ups and downs. And then God came back to him in Genesis 15. So if you want to turn to Genesis 15, how many times Does God speak something to you and a lot of life happens? And you're kind of like, huh? Wait, what? What's going on here with this? And that's kind of what happened is that in, in Genesis 15, Abram had a conversation with the Lord and said, hey, what's happening? I don't have any children yet. And I want to, I want to like say to you, how many times in your journey has God spoken something to you and you've like, wait, a lot of time has passed. Where, what's happening? I still don't have children, God. I still don't have this fulfillment of this promise. I'm not really sure. Did I hear you right? You know, maybe I wasn't hearing you quite accurately and see Abram at that point was inside here inside of his tent and there probably wasn't something you could see through and God said you need to come outside of your outside of that tent and so Abram came outside and sometimes we get into a place that's known and comfortable and God needs to call you outside because he needs to make something else known to you and he promised him something that was impossible and what he says is he said I'm gonna make you um He said, I want you to come outside and look up towards the heavens and look at the number of the stars. And he said, if you're actually able to do that, and that's how many children you'll have. Maybe what God is speaking to you can't be contained inside of the frame that you know, and you need to see something greater. If you're able to. Because even if you're not, your God is bigger. 
and he's able to make it known to you. And he's the God that can do something impossible. Do you believe that with all of your heart that God can do something impossible? This is not just for Abram. An impossible situation made possible just for Abram. No, this is for you. And you need to take hold of that fact that God is the God of the impossible. See, in Ephesians, in the Amplified, in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to his power. That's for you. That's his promise to you. That if you can think it, it's not big enough. If you can count that the, there are so many stars, there's no way. And they're finding galaxies that we have, they, that Abraham definitely with his own eyes, probably at 85, could not see. See, God was speaking to him about his heir, his child, and yet he had no child. And that's the God you serve, that he can speak about things that that you don't have or you can't see, yet he's already in your future and knows that it's possible. And so 11 years after that, after that conversation about the stars Abraham was now 86 years old. Well, it was the first time when he told him to go. I'm sorry. He was 86 and Sarah was 76 years old. And in their own doing, Ishmael was born. And that got really messy. And yet you serve a God that can deal with our messes. And that has a plan even when things get messy. And then after that, 13 years later, when he was 99, so this had been some time, yes? I think we live in a microwave generation that wants it now. I think our phones give us that appetite for right now, quick, I want to know where the quickest Culver's is and let me get there right now. And if you wait in line for two minutes, you're like, what is wrong with them? And what, I, don't you know I need some food? I mean, I'm hungry. And this is fast food. I did not go to a slow food restaurant. I want it right now. Our, we have an appetite for that quick right now. And you serve a God that has a plan. He knows the plan he has for you. He has a good plan. And a plan that has, is very time, very timely. So 13 years later, in Genesis 17, you can turn there. God prophesied again to him when he was 99 years old. You're never too old for the Lord to speak to you. And he talked to him and he told him that he was going to make him a father of a multitude of nations. And he's like, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham because that means you're going to be named a father of multitudes and I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into a nation and kings. 
by you and they shall come from you. And I want to speak to you about that word kings in there when he said he was going to make him a king. See, that was something that didn't exist. In his people group, there weren't kings. And in honesty, it took a long time until the people decided we need a king. But God wasn't prophesying about his sons. He was prophesying about his son. That Jesus, the king of kings, was going to come and be a part of what Abraham's seed was going to be. And so he was not just speaking, Abraham, yeah, you're going to have all this. No, but my son is going to come. And my son is going to do be the king of kings. And I just think that's so cool that, that God wasn't just prophesying alone. That there was an actual larger plan, a bigger plan. The divine plan that God was working in the life of Abraham. And we want God to work in our lives and in our plan. And God's like, no, I have a divine plan that I'm working your life into. And I want you to be a part of the plan I've got going on here. And I want you to do this and I want to do it this way. And you just have to say yes. You just have to say yes with all of your heart like Abraham did when he said, hey, this is weird. I know you're, you're like 75 years old, but why don't you get out of your father's house and go? And Abraham's like, okay, yep, sure. Uh-huh. We'll do this. Where are we going? I don't know, but we're going. You don't have to know everything because you know the one that is in your future. You know the one that's already created your future. You know the one that exists, that can do exceedingly more than you could think or imagine. And see, when this is us as people, when that prophecy came forth, Abraham fell on his face and started laughing because he's like, seriously? This is a little weird. Like, all this time, I'm like a 99. Like, come on. How many times has God said something over your life and you're like, oh, yeah, no. That's probably not going to happen. I mean, I've never actually had the Lord say something to me and me fall on the floor laughing, but if God can handle Abram doing that, he can handle you doing that. So I'm just saying, like, there was something God was doing and then God spoke to him, and then Abraham was like, hold on a second. What about, you can just do this through Ishmael. We don't really got to do this again, do we? And God said, no. This is about Sarah, and this is Sarah doing this. And you can't be afraid of God saying, hey, no. That's not how we're doing it. Because God can tell you. You can have conversation with the Lord, and, you can, and he can say, No. No. I mean, that's a really good idea about, you know, Ishmael. And I have a plan for him, but no. And sometimes we do that when God's speaking to us. We're like, well, what about this? And, and it, you have to actually say, oh, no. Okay, no. That's okay. We can do this then. I mean, if God told Abraham no about that, I think he can say no to me. And so Sarai's name was changed to Sarah. And God got really specific in how this plan was going to play out. That Sarah was going to conceive and have a baby. And she was um, 89 years old in the conceiving and all the things. See, he spoke to Abram in chapter I think it was chapter 17. 
And then the Lord came and appeared to him by the oaks of memory. And Abraham was right here at his tent just sitting. I would sit down, but I think it'd be hard to get up. So I'm just going to stand. So just envision Abraham sitting. And the Lord came to him. And I think it doesn't have to be in a perfect place or a perfect location for God to speak to you. It can be in the heat of the day, when you're sitting in the woods, when you're driving in your car, when you're doing what you do. And so Abraham walked over and met with the Lord and the Lord spoke to him and, and, and then he told him again, he's like, where's Sarah? Guess where Sarah was? She was over here by the door hiding. She was listening. What are these men saying to my husband about me? What are they telling him? Wait, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> That's not possible. That's really not possible. And she's sitting here just listening. <laughs> so even if you're hiding behind the doors of your heart, God can still see you. And he knows exactly where you are. And he knows how to prophesy over your life. And to tell you things that you think are impossible. And he's like, no, I can do that. Even if you think I can't do that, I know I can do that because I've done that. Even if she laughed because it was a little crazy. Come on. I mean... And in Hebrews eleven twelve it says, Therefore, one man, as him, as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of the heaven, and as many as the grains of sand by the seashore. That his body, Abraham's body, was considered as good as dead. And honestly, if you can make something happen, you're not as good as dead. But God is the God of the, as good as dead. That he can change it and turn it around. And Sarah said the same thing. She was just like, I, you know, everything in this ain't happening. And God's like, yes. And he actually paused her and he said to her, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And I think that maybe that should be your sure foundation on which you measure everything else. That, oh, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I mean, like when somebody says, yeah, no, no, is there anything too hard from the, for the Lord? I mean, maybe we should measure everything that comes in in that account. Yeah, it is impossible, but there's nothing too hard for the Lord. So I was thinking about this that night because I think sometimes that the Lord speaks to us something like this. And you have to take into account that they didn't have the song, Same God. They didn't have all the different things. They didn't have the full account of Jesus when they were, the, this word came to them. And so they went to their tent that they're used to, right? 
They were just doing life like normal. And that night they laid down. And I'm saying there was no air mattress. And they lay down next to each other. Hey, babe. Um, we old. I'm not real sure what the Lord is thinking. This is a little bit crazy. I can't even like walk the water to the, from the well to the tent. How am I supposed to carry a baby? I don't know, babe. Guess that's on me now. I mean, hmm. We dead inside. I don't know. Hmm. But babe, should we believe this or not? What do you think? Maybe we should look up at the stars again. Is this really possible? But babe, how cool would that be? That little face. I can't imagine, God. I can't imagine, sorry, Abraham. I really hope he doesn't have your nose. But I mean, like, whoa. It's, it's pretty, I don't know. I mean, we were in Egypt, right? And, and God got us out of that space. And now he's telling us this, and it's been a long time, you know? It's been a really long time. I'm, like, real old now. And we've, we've tried a lot. I've, we've, we've worked at this a lot, you know? What are we going to do? What am I going to do with a little one? They're going to take so much energy. I'm going to need energy. I already have a craving. Oh, no. I need, I need something. Could you get me something? And he's over there snoring now. Oh, goodness. You're no help. But I've been thinking about how he's taken us from one place to the next and, and how he's, you know, done what he said. Maybe this could happen. Oh, I'm getting excited now. I need a blanket. I need strollers. I need car seats. I mean, we need to, you know, we need to have something to guard the the tent from the kid getting out of the tent. I mean, all the thoughts that she could have had in her head, welling up that baby fever thought, all of it that night, she was considering him who was faithful. And it says in Hebrews 11, 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she had passed the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. God poised the question and she thought about it and she's like, you know what? He is faithful. I can't figure this out. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God can do the unthinkable I'm going to tell you that the dream and the thing that God spoke to you, you need to let it stir and get excited about it and start letting it stir and getting excited about it. Because I don't know about you, but all you have to do is see one pregnancy stick and you've got baby on the brain. 
It's true. I didn't even realize that until I miscarried once. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I was thinking about that baby all the time. I had already thought about all the things. And I was like, whoa. Like, it, it, and that's the promise of God should be that alive in you that it's on your heart, in your mind, thinking about it. What is God going to do? How is he going to do this? What is it going to look like? How is that little toddler running around and me walking, you know, and trying to figure all the things, like all of that stirring and saying, yes, God, we want to see all of the things that you have. And the thing is, is Abraham couldn't believe for Sarah and Sarah couldn't believe for Abraham. But together, the power of God was moving in the midst of them and letting them stir a crazy faith that was unthinkable because even though they were as good as dead, that you, they served a God of the living. And you've got to trust the source. You've got to trust when God says it in his word that he's faithful to his word. So if he's saying that he has these things for you, these promises, that you can't let all the other things stack against him. She could have sat there and said, well, hasn't happened when I was a teenager, didn't happen when I was in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, my 60s, my 70s, all the years. She could have stacked against that. And she's like, no, I know that God is bigger than all the time. It was 25 years from when God first said to go and I'm going to make you a nation until that child was conceived. God is wanting to release something into your spirit that's going to take you into a place of crazy faith. And I'm telling you that if you're going to live by faith, why not make it a crazy, amazing adventure? Like if you can be amazing adventure to see God do things that are outside of your frame right now, that's where you should be headed. And if it's not, then you need to get on a different train because we need people with crazy faith today that are believing God. Just as Pastor Mike said that, oh, the, the our government's going to shift and change. Like, oh, do you really believe? believe that God could do that? Do you believe that God could shift and change your, your children's lives and your financial life and your health? And I mean, in an instant she conceived because the power of God was released upon her. And it says that the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, see, as he had said, he's speaking things over you this morning that you need to say, God has said, and I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm not going to be moved by the circumstances or this list I could uh, acquire of why or how long it's taken. God has perfect timing. I don't always like it, but I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't think a lot of people have liked his timing, but he's got good timing on purpose because he wanted to take them into a place that they were as good as dead because he wanted the promise to be all about what he was doing. He didn't want it to be about Abraham and Sarah. It wasn't about them at all. It was about what he wanted and what he was doing. And that's exactly what God wants in your life. He wants it to be about what he's doing and his plan. We get in this society and it's all about our plan and what we're going to do and how. And he's like, be good that you're good today and you're alive today because I got tomorrow, but just be today. And we all, oh, I want to see that I got a 10-year plan and a five-year plan. I'm not saying bad things about that, but God's plan should be what reigns and rules in your life. Like, and it should be exceedingly, abundantly full of all the mysteries and the things that God can only do. Because if God's doing, if, if you're doing it, then it's not big enough. If it only requires you, then it doesn't require him. Then what's the point of having a God? 
It has to require him. He has to take you into places that you need him completely and fully to be engaged in your story because it's not about your story. He's coming again and he wants you to be a part of his story of him coming again. It's about his story and you have to, you know what? All that crazy stuff is going to take some things. I'm not going to just be like, woo, hoopla. It's going to take surrender. It's going to take patience because 25 years is a long time. I'm just saying. I, I, I mean, that is a long, that's a long time. It's going to take persistence to say, I'm going to not give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to go. If you've got an, an inch of, or an ounce of persistence in you, then increase it and do something that makes you increase it. If you need more patience then go sit in Taco Bell's line because it'll work patience in you. You know, find places that work those things and make them grow. Uh, Find places that you can say, I'm going to hope. I'm going to put all my hope because God has given me a hope. And I'm going to use all of it to every extent and every ounce of me. Because I don't want to die without it being used and and expressed. It's going to cause you to have resilience. You're going to have to say, ain't not today, devil. I'm sorry, the devil is going to come and be like, You old. I'm just saying, like, he's going to say all the things. Not today. And sometimes you really have to say it out loud. No, not today. I believe God. Something comes up. Nope, I believe God. I've had to do that this week a lot. Oh, nope, I believe God. And then you need to talk to those people that believe God. So they tell you, hey, is that stirring doubt in you? Is that causing, is that word that was spoken to you causing you to doubt who God called you to be? Then you should stop believing that because you know what God's called you to be and he's spoken it in his word. It's going to cause, it's going to take you to be unwavering in your faith. Maybe you need to put a big anchor on your wall. Not moving. If God has said that, I'm not moving. How many times do we just go, oh, our world is going, oh, and then, whoa, and we're all over the place. And God's saying, be anchored into an unmoving hope that's behind the curtain. It's in the throne room. There is nothing that can move it. Do you understand that anchor that you have that's connected to you that is not moving? God is not moving. It says he's immovable. And you have an anchor that's connected. So when you start thinking, oh, nope, connected to the anchor. My promise is connected to Jesus. And he's not moving. He didn't change his mind. And he's not a God that's going to lie to you. Everyone else could do that, but not him. And you're going to have to trust him. And you trust him by knowing him. She knew of his goodness you got to know him. Even that song, no, God, I want to know you more because the more I know you, the more I trust. And I got to have that trust because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but you're already there. So I'm going to rest in that. And then you got to keep alive hope and wonder and dreaming like, oh, what could he do? How cool could it be? And talk to each other about it. When's the last time you took that dream and actually shared it with someone and said, I can't wait to see what God's going to do with this. I mean, what is he going to do and how is he going to do it? And what is it going to look like? And I can't, I can, I'm trying to picture it. My marriage completely healed and whole. I mean, can you picture it? 
Can you picture your children all raised serving God? Are you picturing it? Are you seeing them as pillars in the church? I mean, are you seeing them saying more scripture than you and you having conversations with them about the word? I mean, are you picturing it? Are you picturing it being debt free? Are you seeing what God can do? Because all those things might seem as good as dead. But is there anything too hard for the Lord? Please stand with me. To anybody that I ask to come up for the altar ministry, would you come forward? When I started the work on this message, I felt like the Lord was saying that he was going to release prophetically the ability to dream, to see what God could do in your heart and in your life come alive. Because sometimes after a lot of years, it might seem as good as dead. And the things that you're like, man, I, I, I feel like, the, you know, nah. and God's wanting to speak over those. And so I asked them to come up so they could pray over you. Specifically, that God would ignite, refresh, bring hope. It, those things that you don't know where you're like, God, I don't really know, but I know you know. So you could speak to me about those things. If that's you this morning. If you haven't been dreaming, if you haven't had a crazy faith living on the inside of you, outside of you, today is a day that God is going to do something amazing in the house. I invite you to come forward. I'm just going to give an opportunity for you to come forward and get prayed over. If you didn't come forward, would you just stretch your hands towards what God is doing on the stage, I mean, on the altar, just that God would move, that you would just pray over people, believing that God would encounter them and speak to them.
God, we just come before you and we just thank you that your word is so good. God, we ask that you would stir our faith today. It says that faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. And so we thank you that our faith is alive today. We ask God that you would do the impossible in our situations, that you would meet us and speak to us, God, like you met Abraham in the tent, that you would speak to us the same way. There would be a word of knowledge over our lives and the prophetic would be alive in our lives and all the things that your spirit is speaking and doing, God, that it would be alive in us. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the good things that you have. We thank you for the future and the hope that you left us with all the things we need. God, we thank you that you're with us and you're doing amazing things. In Jesus' name. Put your hand in your heart this morning. God's want, God wants to bless you. He wants to make his face shine on you. He wants his peace to flood your heart and your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.